Hello, hello. Welcome to the Human Behavior Show, everyone. Um, a podcast we've started on Calling App and will be available on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. I am guest. Um, super excited to be doing this. This is episode number four, and we have the tremendous Nicolina here with us today, who is a dream expert. We'll kind of ask her about her background, what got her interested in this work, and it's going to be super fascinating. I mean, humans are super curious about dreams. Nicolina's done some fantastic sessions over on Clubhouse on the Human Behavior Club, and I want to bring you a high-octane 30 minutes of value and information that you can use and listen to and also share with your friends. So I'd love if you can share this with people and we'll take live calls as well. If anyone wants to ask any questions, um, you've got the chat function as well as live calls. And we'd love to hear some of your voices in the podcast recording. So for those who don't know, I'm the digital doctor, Dr. Sam Imtiaz. I talk about all things behavior, health, and tech. And if you've not heard the first three episodes, please go and take a look. And I'd love early feedback of this podcast. So Nicolina, welcome to the Human Behavior Show. So nice to have you here. Please tell me about your background so the listeners know the amazing work that you've done. Hey, Sahib, thank you for the invitation. This is really cool. Um, okay, here's the thing. I'm from the Netherlands. You might hear it from my accent. Um, I have been working with dreams professionally for about tw- 15 years. Before that, I was a coach who helped people find their dream job. It's adjacent, not the same thing. And I am such a nerd for science. Now, why does this matter? I hear you think, okay, here's the thing. We're going to try and pack as much of all of this into 30 minutes. And after that time, you will never feel bad about sleeping in again. In fact, you might know how to wake up with a great idea on purpose. Back to you, Saheb. I mean, Nicolina, I'm super excited already (laughs) about this episode. Um, Dreams have always fascinated me. And, you know, I work as a sleep doctor at Crescent Health. And we'll go into that bit of a blog that you've written for them as well. And getting into sleep space, I always wondered, why do we sleep? Why does the brain need sleep? And what function does sleep have? I mean, we know it's restorative. We know we need it for so much of our day-to-day functioning, you know, for emotional stability. But then comes dreaming. And dreaming is is, is very interesting. Um, and scientifically, most people wonder, why do we dream? And and I had a, I would say, a lack of knowledge about dreams. I didn't know much, even, you know, being a sleep doctor, helping people optimize their sleep and seeing how they can improve their sleep until I met you and coming to your shows. And I learned a whole host of things. So, Nicolina, let's start off then. Let's start off then. Can you tell us kind of what is a dream? Why do humans dream? I love that question. Here's the thing. To frame the question... You know that dreaming's been studied like really rigorously since in the mid-50s people discovered that with an EEG scanner you can measure brain activity while we're sleeping. That was a huge revolution because before that people were like, yeah, okay, but do we dream at night? Or is it just that in the morning we kind of make a story out of it? We kind of sort of invent things and we we tell ourselves that we've been busy at night but actually nothing was going on. The idea that our brain goes on the back burner when we fall asleep, still pretty prevalent. Not true at all. In fact, there's almost as much brain activity as there is in the day, but different. I'll get to that. But if you ask me what's dreaming, well, studied since the 50s. You'd think we know by now, but absolutely not. It's it's right now at this moment studied at universities all over the world. The American Psychology Association has had for decades a magazine, a scientific paper, specifically dedicated to anything and everything dream research. And then there's publications in neuroscience and everywhere else. Do we know what a dream does? 
No, not per, per se, but I want to give you something to think about. Do we know what thinking is? Because that is as hard to define. It's like we know what it does. We know what you can do with it. But what is it? Like, why do we have it? Where does it come from? This, these are hard questions to ask. So I'm not even going to touch on what consciousness is today. What I do want to know is share all the research that I've been nerding out so much about because it's mind-blowing. And one of the things that I was really fangirling over when I heard it the very first time is research by Dr. Deirdre Barrett. She's at Harvard and she's a psychologist and has been studying dreams her whole life. And she sums it up like this. She says, you know what? If you just look at, you know, neural activity, brain scans, everything together, turns out that in a way dreaming is mental activity. It is mentation, but while we're asleep. So she says, for me, it is like thinking. It is thinking, but in a different biochemical state. So it's a state where we use our brain differently, but not less at all. And because we are so busy with, well, we know information processing. Most people know that. Most people also know that, especially in REM sleep, we go playing with that information, connecting it in completely random and new and interesting ways, connecting things you saw out of the corner of your eye and you don't even remember with memories from your childhood, connecting back with your emotions. Now that is some real things going on. And all of that doesn't seem to be random even. It seems to be, well, not as steered as, hey, I'm going to think something now today. But just because it's not logically steered, says Barrett, doesn't make it less of a mental process, doesn't make it less of thinking. She completely reframed dreaming as thinking in your sleep. And that would come so, for me, explain why we often wake up with a good idea. So I've spent my life in figuring out how that works, how we can hack it, because I like hacks. Um, is there anything we can do to steer that activity if we want to? I mean, sometimes you don't. You just want to sleep, right? But sometimes I really have a problem that I'm stuck on. And I know my grandma said sleep on it. I said, I know that Harvard says, okay, this is your brain trying to find new solutions to old problems. Bring it on. How can we apply that? So my job in this world today, um, as it is, is bringing all of that knowledge that smarter people than me have figured out to people who want to know about it on Clubhouse and here on this uh, podcast as well. So thank you for that opportunity. Nicolina, wow. I mean, that sounds fantastic. I mean, I think I've met many dream experts. You're probably the first and only, um, if, if I'm honest. Um, but it seems like a lot is going on than in the human brain when you are sleeping. And you mentioned things about your past, things about things you did in the day. Uh, you talked about memories. So a whole host of things are going on. And, and that makes it super interesting because some people have positive dreams. Some people have nightmares. And I know you've done specific rooms on these and maybe it's beyond the realm of this podcast, but we'll 100% have you back on for, for part two as well. But as a kickoff then, um, obviously so many theories of why we dream, why we need to dream. Um, what kind of determines, because some people don't dream and some people do dream. And I know you said you don't want to go too deep into that, but is there a way where we can kind of trigger ourselves into dreaming? Um, actually, it's been proven, yes, there is. Now, there's three reasons why I've noticed that people might not dream. Um, reason number one is you just don't get enough sleep. 
Now, why that matters is because REM sleep, when we have the most vivid dreams, the ones that we usually remember, is not equally divided over the night. In fact, the most, like the bulk of it, is in the last hours of uh, of sleep, especially when you let someone snooze or sleep in until, you know, with, without an alarm clock, just until you're done sleeping. Then that last hour, or the last two hours, uh, Robert Stickgold, who's, who's at Harvard, said, you know, cut off that last hour, and you might end up losing 50% of your entire REM sleep because it's so concentrated in the morning hours. In the first hours of sleep, you have relatively more deep sleep, right? So what happens if you keep cutting off those last hours with an alarm clock? You're probably going to remember less dreams just because the mind state to have them, you're not giving yourself enough. So that's thing one. People just don't sleep enough. Thing two that I've uh, identified is we live in a society where most kids, when they have a nightmare, hear from their parents, oh, don't worry about it. It's just a dream. And when most kids, when they want to talk about dreams, people are like, oh, that's nice, but don't talk about it anymore. And it would be very weird if you go into work tomorrow and you tell everyone, oh, I had this awesome dream about this. And then everybody would start talking about it and start asking you questions and see if there's more information behind it. We don't do that. If something never gets talked about and everybody treats it like it doesn't matter, why would you remember it? A lot of people who hear me speak and maybe get a spark of, wait, so dreaming isn't nonsense, email me later and said, I heard your talk. I thought I never remembered a dream, but now suddenly it's starting. Why? Because I give permission is all. Or maybe because I say, hey, you know what? You could pay attention. It doesn't have to be nonsense if you don't want it to be. So that's reason number two. If you never pay attention, why would you remember it? Reason number three I find very interesting. Most research shows that not everybody is a visual thinker. So, well, you probably know this. So, and you are still you, even if you fall asleep. And I've talked to a lot of people who say, I never remember a dream. Usually very practical, hands-on people um, who, you know, think something and do it immediately. Don't ponder around it. And then I ask them, do you ever wake up with an idea in your head? Or do you ever wake up with like, one day you wake up happy and the other day you wake up sad? Or do you ever notice yourself humming a song while you're brushing your teeth? And like, where did that come from? Because not everybody remembers dreams in the same way. And I'm, I'm starting to think there's a researcher at my hometown, Utrecht University in the Netherlands. He said, if you see dreaming, like the activity of dreaming, as some kind of super brainstorm, his words, but I love them, then the dream, what you remember of that, you could see as like notes that you were taking. They might be scribbles. They might seem very shorthand. Like, what are you doing? I dreamt of a horse. What do you mean? But not everybody takes notes in the exact same way. Some people are very visual about it, and some people, their shorthand is really, really short. Still, if a person comes to me and I said, I just had this random snippet image of a horse, that's barely a dream. I don't know what to do about it. I bet we can get a lot of information because just because your shorthand is short doesn't mean you don't know what you're saying once we start unpacking it, if that makes any sense. Yeah, that's fantastic. That makes a lot of sense. I mean, through reasons you went through. It's interesting because I often dream more. So it seems to be like a retention problem, right? So you're dreaming, but you don't remember because it's not the latter part of the night or, you know, you, you ended your sleep short. And what I've noticed for myself is that, say if I wake up in the middle of the night and I'm really, really tired, when I go, if I have to go back to sleep at that point, 
I'll 100% always have a dream or a nightmare or something like that. And I always find that phenomena kind of, I'm clueless about it, but I find it interesting why that always happens without fail. Um, and I haven't been able to work out why that happens. I don't know, clean if you know, but yeah, I it think it's interesting. So, yeah. Oh, so hey, you use, um, uh, uh, how do you call it? Like apps where you measure your sleep, right? I wonder, and this is a question to you, if that happens, one of the reasons might be that because you just woke up a little bit, your sleep after that is a little bit lighter. Um, I would be really interested to see what your measurements say about it. If, if there's a change in how deep or how light you sleep, if you have more REM sleep right after that. Because for me, if I wake up in the morning and I turn around and I just yell at my alarm clock that it's too soon and now I sleep some more, that's when I remember the most dreams. But also I don't go into the very deep, deep sleep then. So I really wonder what is it going to say about um, what, what your sleep is doing? Good observation. I'm going to go through all my data this weekend and see if I can remember the exact days and then see what changed. And yeah, I probably was in a stage of light sleep, you're right, and see if my heart rate variability changes and my heart rate changes, and that would be a good indication. Uh, so that's a spectacular, actually, point that you've made. So, Nicolina, I know we have you for limited time here, and I do want to get into the, the meat of it, the crux of it. And, and, and the topic I'm super interested in kind of being an entrepreneurship and, and innovation, that space of creativity. How can dreams make us more creative? And, and do they have an impact on creativity? Um, can you tell us about that? That'd be super interesting, I think, to the followers. Yeah. Um, now, if you have any artists, uh or writers, or anyone in a creative profession, designers I talk to a lot, in, in your friend circle, and you ask them, have you ever gotten an idea from a dream, or did you ever wake up with a good idea? They'll be shy at first. People don't talk about this, right? But I bet they, they have. However, it's not reserved for artists. So I would real quick like to give a few tips on how you can wake up with a new idea. Um, and also how you can unpack it, because that's usually where it goes wrong. Again, you wake up, you've apparently your mind's been working all night on whatever problem you've set for yourself, and then you wake up with, oh, there was something with machines. That's not going to be helpful if you don't know what to do with it. So let's see how much I can pack in 15 minutes here. Um, first things first, how do you set yourself up for success? This is what people want to know the most. And the tips that I'm going to give you can find on the internet anywhere. They are so simple, but they're so simple because they work. Um, most people love it if they have pen and paper by their bed. Why? It's a visual reminder. Tomorrow morning, there's something important. Especially if you don't jump out of bed. Especially if you don't have to set your alarm clock, maybe. And then wait a little bit, just a minute or so before even opening your eyes, thinking what's going on inside of me? Is there thoughts? Is there a dream? Is there something? And then write that down without any critical thinking, just stream of consciousness, go. That is a way to bridge your creativity from, you know, you've been in, a, in, in the best brainstorm state ever, um, but you want to bridge that to your waking life. Otherwise, you know, you're just dependent on maybe ideas popping up during the day and they will, but still. It's nice to have that moment of capturing it. So that's the first thing. The second thing before that um, is something that I've been experimenting with a lot and, and a lot of people with me. Um, can you incubate your thoughts? 
can you, before going to sleep, maybe write down a question or ask yourself a question of, okay, this is a thing that I'm stuck on at work. I want to sleep on. Um, Barrett, who I mentioned before, did that with her psychology students. And she discovered that it helps the most if you care about your question. Because dreams are emotionally steered. Um, so if you care about it even a little bit, it's going to probably be more successful. Her students were asked, write down a question, sleep on it for a week. Just think about it every night before you fall asleep. And in the morning, write down whatever is in your head and write out whatever dreams you had. Of those psychology students, 50% managed to have a dream about their exact problem within a week. And from that 50%, within a week is really short If for people who don't try this or haven't tried this. And from that 50% who had a dream about the topic, half of them actually found a solution that they found really helpful for their problem. Can you imagine if you actually practice this, like do it on a regular basis and get better at it? Why well, do that? And if I have to write a blog, don't think I sit there staring at my screen, oh my God, what, I, what do I have to do? Oh no, I just wonder about the, the next paragraph. And I'm, when I get stuck, I'm like, okay, done, computer down, I'm going to sleep on it. I'm going to write down whatever in the morning. Is this 100% successful? Obviously not. Nothing is. No brainstorm technique would be. But it's really nice to have it in my back pocket. So that's how you do it. Um, then it comes to the unpacking. Now that gets tricky. I know what to do. My husband knows what to do. He knows what to ask me. But most people, you wake up, you dream of a machine or something. What do you do? You go online and Google it. But whoever wrote down what they think it means when you dream of a machine, don't know you. So they don't know the context. So whatever you're going to read is going to be maybe really broadly ap applicable, but it's going to fix your problem, in my view, exactly like a horoscope would. Sure, if you bend your brain, you can make, make sense of it. But is that the way you want to go? I do not. Would you mind if I give you um, the example about the DuPont factory engineer? Because I love that example so much. I would love that example, Nicolina. It's one of my favorites because it's so illustrative. Not told to me personally, but again, it was from Baird's book. It's called The Committee of Sleep. Fantastic book. Um, it was very simple. At the Toupant factory, where at that moment they were amping up production to make Kevlar for bulletproof vests because it was Gulf War going on, um, there was a problem. Machines were on full speed but kept breaking down. And no one knew why. This is one of those very practical problems that the entire team got stuck on. No one could figure out why they kept breaking down. Now, I didn't know this, but to make Kevlar, you need a lot of water gets pumped through large rubber hoses. And I don't know what else the machines do with it. I don't care. Not important to the story. What is important is that one of the engineers had heard about this sleep on it technique. And was really, he wasn't even trying to apply it. He was just really puzzled because every day those machines weren't working was another million lost, you know. this We're talking big money here. He was really stressed to make it work and his entire team was. So he went to sleep with that stress. He cared. And then he woke up the next morning and he had a dream and all he could remember was he was inside the machine. There was water everywhere. There was these hoses that, that were supposed to be in the machine and he saw metal springs, you know, like the bed springs that you have, uh, those round things. And at first it didn't make sense to him. He just wrote down 
water hoses springs and got some coffee, I think. But then when he started to reminisce about it, that's an important step. Don't try to explain it. Just, you know, brainstorm further. See what it makes you think of. He was like, wait a minute. And he got an idea. Could it be true that because of the water being pumped way faster than usual through the rubber hoses, it created a vacuum so it would shut the hoses closed? But the minute you turn the machine off, of course, they spring back again, right? So no one noticed because it was inside. What if I put metal springs in there? Now, when he got to work, he was smart enough to not say, I had a dream, we're going to solve everything because that wouldn't work. He told his idea. Everybody laughed at him. But at the end of that day, at the, okay, we're willing to try everything mode, they tried it and it worked. Now, it's not like he couldn't have come up with that in the day. I mean, he knew how springs worked. He knew how rubber hoses worked. And he knew what happens. He was an engineer, for Christ's sake. He knew what happens when you pump water really fast through hoses. But no one had connected the dots. And for me, when it comes to dreams, there's a vastness of things that we can do with dreams. And from from the most metaphysical thing to the most psychology thing and to the most simple thing, But I love this aspect of connecting the dots, of giving ourselves that space, of having this pure introspection, going through our lives, being like, okay, what am I missing? And just giving yourself the time to do that. And then when you wake up, don't explain it away. Don't explain it into someone else's word, but just keep on brainstorming. I talk to my husband a lot about my dreams. And in that conversation, he just asked me some questions. And half an hour later, we suddenly like, whoa, that is a really good topic for us to talk about. I had no idea that this was bothering you. And I'm like, I had no idea. I thought it was just a dream, but those are excellent questions. And then we use the dream as a starting point for a further conversation, not as an end point that needs like the end all of explanations. And that's a stellar dream to have. (laughs) Um, And... I have heard the phrase often where people say, you know, sleep on it, right? <laughs> and then um, supposedly I'm going to come up with better solutions. So can this be simulated via naps as well? Or is it just proper, you know, cycles of sleep? Why do you think Google has nap thoughts? Come on. <laughs> of course. Yeah. I mean, even better, because if you have a nap, you usually don't go through the whole deep sleep cycle. You just have REM sleep. Awesome. That's what we want. For creativity, right? So yeah, I I absolutely think it's naps, but it's also daydreaming. It's also, um, okay, you know about the default mode network. You probably can explain it a lot better than I can, but I love the discovery about it. Um, I love that, uh, was it about 20 years ago? Tam goes so fast that uh, Dr. Marcus Rakel was like, wait a minute, every time I see a person in an fMRI machine just waiting for an instruction, doing nothing, there's a lot of activity. What is going on there? And what was going on there was that the minute that we give ourselves, even lying in an fMRI machine, a little bit of peace and quiet, for me, I visualize it almost like my brain goes, oh, finally, let's get some work done real fast before they start focusing again. And it turns out that that network that kicks in then is amazingly important for any kind of creative thinking, that people who have the most activity in it are the most out-of-the-box thinkers. And guess where it's the most active? In dreams. So this idea that 
you would wake up with a new insight or a different angle to look at things, to me, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, Miklina, the default mode network is super interesting and, and they're learning more and more about it and in your science as well. So yeah, thanks for mentioning that. And um, as we do kind of come to the end, I do want to ask, I know James had a question. So James, if you have a question, you can call in, that's how the app works and, and we can we can get your question. Okay. Well, we wait for him. Shall I give you a tiny, tiny hack? Yeah, Just... go for it. Okay, here's a thing that was uh, by Dutch University researched. Guess what works to kickstart your brain in sleep? You'll never guess. It's scent um, because it gives such a strong association. So now a lot of people who know me, when they work on something that is super boring, but they still want to brainstorm about it when they're asleep, they just put a little scent um, next to their laptop. I don't care what it is. Like could be a scented candle. And then put that next to the bed. The other day, someone said, no, I always, since I heard about this hack, I mow the lawn when I mow over a problem that I'm really stuck on. And then I take some of that grass next to the bed so that I make sure that my brain makes the connection while I'm asleep. It works. People in the research study who had the scent association had, were 50% better at out-of-the-box thinking and came up with the most creative ideas. So that is a little hack that I have in my pocket now. Wow, I'm going to definitely give that a go. <laughs> I might try it tonight, actually. I'll report back to you tomorrow. James. You have to make the association first. That's the thing. <laughs> yeah, make the association over time. James, welcome uh, to the show, the Human Behavior Show. Uh, please ask your question. Hey, good evening. Um, hey, before I ask my question, is there any chance you could just quickly go over that little hack again? Because I kind of missed it. Oh, it, I can say it so quick. Okay, step one, you have a problem that you want to work on. Step two, you connect that problem to a scent, and it could be any scent as long as it's not connected to something else. I have an essential oil that, that is like my quote-unquote problem-solving oil. Now you've made a memory association, problem versus scent, right? Then you put it away until you fall asleep or until you go to bed, and then in your bedroom, you make sure that you have the same scent. What is going to happen? Because smell is such a strong association in your dreams, 50% chance, probably higher, I have no idea, that your mind goes back to that problem that you were working on. So all that creative thinking is now nudged in the direction that you have made the association for. Isn't that clever? Yeah, that's pretty wild. All right, I'm just thinking about that for a moment. All right, can I ask my question? Go for it. Okay, so... I, I definitely believe in like multiverse, very large uh, spaces and, uh, you know, alternate versions and happenings and, you know, big, big stuff. And I always wonder about my dreams because a lot of times they're related, somewhat related to something I'm doing in a, my current life. But there's always this other story and i just wonder how is it that another story is being presented to me in my dreams and is my brain creatively coming up with another version of me or is there a chance that there's something bigger happening because i almost feel like they're kind of like my reality of current but they're like an alternate version sometimes i love that question in the interest of time, I'm going to quote one of my philosophy professors who I loved so dearly. He said, 
we know so much about the brain. We know so much about neuroscience right now. But don't ever make the mistake of thinking that reality is limited to what we can measure at this moment in time. With that in mind, I'm like, first of all, tons of research that, yes, our brains are exploring options and making up new scenarios all the time in dreams. Very plausible explanation. But at the same time, I'm never forgetting the words of my professor who said, there's probably five other explanations that you have no idea about right now because we can't measure it. I know it's short, but does that answer your question a little bit? Yeah, I think it's it's a very uh, interesting, open-ended, um, thought-provoking um, wonderment that you leave us with. So I do enjoy that very much. Thank you. Thanks, Thank James. For Thanks for the question. And Nicolina for a fantastic answer. I think calling works pretty well where you can get people to call. Nicolina, we're coming to the end of the show. Last few minutes. So last few minutes do a blog recently for Crescent Health. And guys, Crescent Health is is a company in the sleep space for sleep coaching. I am a sleep doctor for Crescent Health. And we're working on kind of bringing sleep. So that's kind of the the aim there. And we had the brilliant Nicolina talk about and do a blog on creativity. Can you share some of the insights from that blog? And, and maybe shout out where people can, uh, I mean, I can do that. People can kind of find the blog on the, on the Crescent website. If you go on blog, it's listed right there. But Nicola, can, can you share some insights from that before we round up? Yeah, absolutely. Um, in the blog, I give uh, sort of the three-step process of, okay, what do you do if you want to wake up uh, with a great idea? A little bit more in depth than I do now. And Every step, I always try to back it up with a science paper because I love that. I'm such a nerd. Um, one of the things, let me see, what is the, I'm thinking about time. What is the biggest takeaway from that blog? Because I crammed in so much science. One of the little snippets that I really liked about it is a, a research paper uh, that I didn't get to put in there by Dr. Ulrich Wagner. He gave his students difficult, I mean difficult math problems, complicated math that they had a lot of time to solve the problem. Um, but once you get it, they had to practice it over and over again. And it takes time, you know, lots of numbers to enter, lots of math to do. All these math problems took time. He let them practice for like 30 minutes with that. And then asked them tonight, do the same problem because you had a whole day to think of. But the control group, he asked, okay, you, do the, you practice in the evening Tomorrow, um, you had a whole night to sleep on it. Let me see if you get better. What he didn't tell any of the students was that, sure, they got to practice the math problem, but there was a shortcut. And if you knew the shortcut, you didn't have to do any math at all. You could just go straight to the answer. And he wanted to know who is going to figure out that shortcut. Is it the people who got to think about it the whole day? Or is it the people who got to sleep on it the whole night? And you guessed it. The people who got to sleep on it were like 60% um, more likely, 60% of them of over the other group found the hidden shortcut because of that connectivity that we have in the brain was his conclusion. Because in sleep, we evaluate our work in a way that we just don't get to do in the day. So even if you have a whole day to think about it, you're never going to be as smart as when you have a night to sleep on it. That's absolutely brilliant, and I, I love that. Um, and kind of a reason why people should be sleeping more rather than cutting sleep to be productive. Sleep more, you get brighter, 
ideas. And, and that's why at Crescent Health, we are trying to bring sleep coaching to masses. We're still in beta, so we have a wait list. So if anyone on the podcast is interested to sign up, you can sign up uh, via the Crescent website. So Nicolino, where can people follow you? Where can they find out more? What's the best way? Because um, this was super interesting. And, and I know we've just touched the surface and we'll definitely do a part two maybe in a few weeks uh, with you here. Uh, but yeah, where can people follow you? Oh, it'd be so much fun. Um, just let's go, go to uh, thinkinginyoursleep.com or brainstorminyoursleep.com. I own them all um, because that's where I uh, keep up with the blogging. And that's where if I, I have a whole page of resources where um, lots of the researchers that I talked about, I just put them up there. Lots of the papers that I've just talked about, I, I put them up there. If I find something that's interesting, I just put it up because I want to honestly, so hey, I want to share this information with the world. Wouldn't it be cool if instead of a whole brainstorm session, we just told everybody, you know, tomorrow you sleep in, bring me your best ideas. Always <laughs> great for me because I love sleeping in. That's the world that I want. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> well, it's been grateful having you here. I'm so grateful. And guys, if you are here listening to the Human Behavior Show on Colin App, and this will be available on Apple Podcasts as well as Spotify. So please share with your friends and we'd love if you give us some feedback. Uh, we'll be back with another episode pretty soon. I want to thank Nicolina. Thank you for coming on the show and I'm looking forward to part two already. Me too. Thank you so much for inviting me. <laughs> no worries. I can't wait for the next one. Thank you everyone for listening and we hope to catch you in the next show. Take care everyone. Bye.